0: Hey, guy who always hits it to the right, here's the truth. You don't need to change your swing to get more distance. You just need the Callaway Big Bertha B21 to help straighten out the distance you already have. The new Big Bertha driver is built to reduce side spin and straighten out your drives. And the irons are so forgiving, you can practically hit them anywhere in the face and the ball just launches. This is distance any way you swing it. Unlock your inner distance today at callawaygolf.ca slash bigbertha. In its throne speech earlier this month, the Liberal government made big promises to cut Canada's greenhouse gases to net zero by 2050. But that's going to require big changes in the cars we drive and the way we live. This week on Down to Business, I spoke to Cedric Smith, a Toronto-based analyst at the clean energy think tank, the Pembina Institute. Smith talked about where he sees opportunities for this country in the green economy, and he noted that the auto sector is poised for one of the biggest transformations of all sectors. This is going to happen as the electric vehicle industry takes off and people are expecting that companies and governments around the world are going to need to invest U.S. $300 billion in the coming years. That's billion with a B, which is going to help create a new supply chain and new plants to build these cars. So the question is, how does Canada get a piece of the action? So far, Canada is a little behind China and Europe and other places where electric vehicles have already taken off. But we have a nascent industry here, and with the government policies and incentives that appear to be coming down the line, we may have a chance to catch up and develop our own industry and catch some of that investment, which is going to be coming down the line in the coming years. Cedric Smith from the Pembina Institute. It's wonderful to have you on Down to
1: Business. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Cool. So
0: at a big picture level, when people talk about greening the economy, what do you think are the biggest opportunities for Canada?
1: So in terms of greening the economy, there are two main things that we want the federal government to, to look at. Uh, the first is in terms of uh, Canada's climate commitments. So we really want to make sure that we're... Uh, we're engaging in stimulus and that we're engaging in economic actions that are going to help us limit uh, global warming to um, 1.5 degrees Celsius. Um, But in addition to that, we really do see an opportunity for a lot of growth in what we would like to consider uh, Canada's clean technology sector. And um, and, uh, the reason why we're so focused on these kind of green investments from an economic perspective is because we really want to make sure that this recovery is is resilient and that the recovery is creating these kind of green jobs that are going to survive the global disruptions that are going to happen um, into the future. In terms of the actual, you know, broad areas where we really feel that there is an economic opportunity for Canada, obviously um, electric vehicles and the supply chain that leads up to uh, the production of those electric vehicles. So when we talk about the supply chain, that's sort of uh, the production of those, those components that go into the electric vehicles. So the, the batteries and um, the extraction of the minerals that go into those, we see a big opportunity for Canada there. Um, but then we also see opportunities um, in other areas for green recovery. So, for example, uh, building retrofits, we really feel that um, there's, a, there's a great case to be made over there. The production of uh, renewable and uh, green electricity, that's uh, another thing that we're really excited about. Finally, also sort of helping these uh, traditional sectors in, in the Canadian economy to uh, reduce their environmental impacts. And uh, we've seen uh, investments in uh, methane reduction, investments in uh, orphan well cleanups, and that's something that we're very excited about.
0: Yeah. So you started, I think, with the electric vehicle industry, which a lot of people talk about because it's a growth industry. And this week specifically, we heard that the federal government in Ontario are going to pledge $500 million to help Ford Motor Company retool an existing assembly plant in Oakville so it can make electric vehicles. If the government is going to be putting hundreds of millions of dollars into green incentives, is an assembly plant the right spot, do you think?
1: So, you know, about a, about a few months ago, we we put out a report. One of the interesting statistics that we listed in that report was that we were able to track about $300 billion in uh, planned automaker investments in electric vehicles. And at the time of that report, none of that was explicitly intended for Canada. Um, and this was something that was uh, troubling us because Canada's already sort of a bit behind the curve when it comes to electric vehicle manufacturing. Uh, so, for example, you know, we have a really great auto sector in our country. But the auto sector, we're not really manufacturing as many electric vehicles as, as we would have hoped.
0: Can I stab you a second? Are we manufacturing any electric vehicles?
1: Yeah. One electric vehicle we had been manufacturing was the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in hybrid. That was the one model for a while that we were manufacturing. Since then, I believe an additional model has come out. But at the time, 2018, that was the single model Canada was producing. And this represented only about 0.4% of our total car manufacturing.
0: So with just one question, though, I mean, I've seen, I've read a lot of literature, spoken to people about the electric vehicle market and how, you know, vehicles are poised for this really profound transformation in the next 10 years where they're going to be cleaner, obviously, but also safer. There's also sensor technology. And then I think there's even some hope that they'll be cheaper. And this is driving a lot of excitement in electric vehicles. But I think if Canada, this where, like you said, we've lagged other places that have electric vehicles. Is it we're sort of a vast, wide-open continent. People like their cars a lot. These things have a sort of limited range. Are we sure, certain that they're going to be adopted in North America?
1: I think it it all depends. So, so we want you know Canadians to be aware of the benefits of electric vehicles, but they're not always going to be aware unless we just sort of put that information in front of them. And so there is a bit of a, a reason to to invest into you know consumer awareness initiatives. You know, one thing that you're seeing is. In areas such as Ontario in areas such as Quebec or, or British Columbia, where there have been historically some of these EV incentives, the adoption rates are, you know, often quite a lot larger than than in other regions. But what we expect to happen is that sort of as consumers are, are more exposed to these electric vehicles, and especially, you know, what you were talking about with that that range anxiety, as that um, infrastructure is built. Um, to help support those electric vehicles, again through programs um, designed, you know, on the part of the federal government and on the part of provincial governments to to put that infrastructure in place, um, we really do expect to see that uh, the interest from consumers is is going to increase. And you know, as a, a personal anecdote, uh, I know my father; he's only ever driven ICE vehicles his entire life, but he's become more enthusiastic, and he's told me that his next vehicle is going to be an EV. So, so I'm very optimistic. Yeah,
0: I mean. I think a lot of people are, but I also think it's like up till now, I think of, I think an electric vehicle, I think of Tesla. It it just got made me wonder, we're investing $500 million in an assembly plant. It doesn't feel like a particularly sexy part of the supply chain. Is, Is there a strong economic case, do you think, for sort of investing in that part of the EV sector?
1: I really do think so, because we're really, you know, seeing people predict an explosion in popularity. Uh, so, for example, the IEA, the International Energy Agency, forecast about the, an increase of 23 to 43 million by, by 2030. And, you know, we can't expect that that's all going to come from Tesla.
0: Maybe uh, this is the question I want to ask you is in North America, the idea of the government spending that much money into a private company is really controversial. Is there a sort of danger about the government investing in green economies that they're going to get a bad reputation from this?
1: Well. One thing that we really do want to see and one thing that we're we're hoping for is is that the government is gonna take, you know, a strong role in kind of putting its hand on the levers and you know guiding Canada towards what we hope is gonna be a clean economy. And I think there is a general understanding out there that a the government intervention is required in order to, you know, reduce our emissions, in order to make sure that we're limiting global warming to within one point five degrees Celsius. And in addition to that, I would say You know the big difference between you know these green sectors and and the financial sector is uh, the green sectors. You know it's it's used positively. It's it's a burgeoning sector. It's uh, something that people associate with clean air, with positive future. Um, And you know there's some of these negative connotations that already existed prior to the financial crisis with those financial sector companies uh, may not exist for Canada's clean economy. So I'm optimistic.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I certainly hope you're right. I certainly hope it's a win-win for everyone. Just looking out across the landscape of Canada at some of the other opportunities out there, as you sort of alluded, if this electric vehicle market grows, it's a totally different supply chain. And so we're going to need to mine new metals for the batteries. We're going to create new machines to put these together. I mean, it's just a total reinvention And we have a lot of companies exploring for the metals here, but I think it's no secret that not too many of them are doing that well. They're all sort of struggling. Can you maybe help diagnose what some of the problem is for some of these upstream raw materials companies that are looking for cobalt or nickel?
1: Uh, So the first one we've seen is sort of these immediate environmental impacts. So a lot of this raw material extraction and um, um, a lot of these raw material extraction facilities or, or activities could potentially have you know some short-term environmental impacts. Not necessarily huge global warming contributors, but just immediate environmental difficulties that, that can happen.
0: They're digging up the earth, in other words.
1: Yeah. You know, so those, those environmental impacts is, is one thing. Uh, the second uh, difficulty is volatile global markets. And it's interesting because this happened even prior to COVID-19. But we've really seen quite a few price swings um, happening around the world in areas including lithium, graphite, and cobalt, um, so it can be difficult. It can be difficult to, to do this raw material extraction when you're not really sure uh, what the market's really going to look like in the future if you don't have that that level of certainty.
0: So just to back up a minute, I mean that level of certainty you said. I mean, if I understand what you're saying, is that these are these are new because this is so new. There's a lot of volatility around the prices for some of these metals, and so. It's tough to raise money when investors don't know what the right price is for cobalt or lithium and whether it makes economic sense to mine these things.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I I don't want to get into investors' heads, you know, too much. But I I can definitely expect that, you know, for example, in 2019, China cut subsidies for electric vehicles. That was was viewed as having a significant impact on, on the global price for lithium. And as a result of that, we've seen bankruptcies in the lithium sector uh, or insolvencies among bigger actors, such as Namaska Lithium and North American Lithium. But we've also seen um, a lot of difficulties in even the junior mining operations. So, you know, in this kind of environment, we could expect that, that there would be you know, some reluctance by people to invest in, in such, a, such a volatile market.
0: Yeah. It's funny how something like that in China can have ripple consequences here in Canada but, like that's what other people have said to me is that if you if you look where places where EVs are thriving, Europe and China, there's always been a government policy to incentivize it, which it seems like is what we're moving towards right now. So one question I have for you then, though, is in Alberta, we have barrels and barrels and barrels of oil in the ground. There's also a lot of expertise on how to take that oil out of the ground. Is there any opportunities to, pivot towards something in the green economy from that expertise?
1: One of the main opportunities for Alberta is on the hydrogen side. You know, Canada is viewed as as a leader globally when it comes to um, the hydrogen aspect of things. And uh, Canada has um, a lot of great companies on sort of every part of that uh, hydrogen supply chain. And, you know, the largest cluster of those uh, companies is in uh, British Columbia. But there is also a cluster as well in Alberta, and a lot of these sort of hydrogen companies that are that are in Alberta are often on the hydrogen production side. So we have, for example, Enbridge Grass Distribution. We have Air Products Canada, and we really view Alberta as having you know an opportunity here to get on to the, the hydrogen aspect of electric vehicle manufacturing.
0: And what and what's the deal? I mean, hydrogen is different from electric vehicles, but what what's the opportunity there?
1: Yeah, so you know, a lot of times when when we think about electric vehicles, we think about sort of battery electric vehicles. But when you're thinking about EVs, there's sort of three three main types that are that are generally considered electric or, or zero emission vehicles. Uh, the first would be those uh, battery, pure battery electric vehicles with the with the lithium ion batteries. Then you have your plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, which uh, run on sort of some of that traditional uh, propulsion systems, but also have an electric motor. But then you also have your fuel cell, hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicle, which runs on uh, hydrogen. Um, And that's considered to be an electric vehicle as well. And often sort of it's split up in between uh, the two types, the hydrogen and and everything else. And it doesn't always get the same uh, level of attention. But, you know, in our our recent uh, report on electric vehicles in Canada, we really sort of noted that Canada really has a great opportunity here to sort of build on its early leadership within within the hydrogen sector.
0: Huh. Well it's such a huge range of topics that we could talk about and we could talk about so much more. I think I feel like about what's coming down the pike and where the opportunities are, but it's been really great to chat about this with you um, in the time we do have. Thank you so much. That was Cedric Smith, an analyst at the Pembina Institute, a clean energy think tank. Thank you for listening. And thanks to the team behind down to business, including Bryce Hall on music and production, Yadula Hussein for editing, and Victoria Wells and Pamela Heaven for web support. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or rating us on your podcast app. I'm Gabe Friedman, and until next week's episode of Down to Business, you can get all your business news at financialpost.com.